I'm Ben Strivens. He's John O'Scott. Hi. And together, we watch anything. We trawl the depths of Netflix to find three films of the same genre, of the same genre, and watch them so you don't have to. I take one, he takes one, and there's one we both watch. So you'll know what's a surprise hit and what's totally... Hello, listeners. Hello, Jono. Hello, the wide, wide world of internet people listening to things on electronic devices. We Watch Anything is back and we are officially middle-aged. Yes. We've hit 40. 40. 40 eps, as they say. I mean, you know, small change in, in some... Some people's kind of uh, long podcasting canon. And maybe, actually, it should be like reverse cat years. Maybe 40 is actually quite young in podcast terms, and we don't have to feel middle-aged. Well, we're only three years in actual in actual age age, aren't we? Yeah, it's or true. Something. No, we're into our third year or yeah. something. So we're only like two oh. and a half. We're basically still in nappies. Oh, this is really making... This is making my head hurt thinking about time so much. Okay. But the point, the important point is that what do we do? Every ten episodes, we have a little recap time. Oh yes, it is a it's a decimal. <laughs> it's called. We have a recap. So the last ten, let's we're not going over the whole thirty, but the or before that, the whole forty. Oh god, I'm an idiot. But the last ten, <laughs> we do. Yeah, we do sort of uh, pick out some of our some of our favourites and some of our worsties, maybe. So, Jono, yeah. what 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 what's been the highlights for you of the last ten apps? Oh man! Well, I would say that overall, the most sort of pleasurable episode I think for both of us was episode thirty-three, the sports documentaries. Oh one. I think, yes! I just feel like we both had a really good time on that one. Completely agree. But, oh, I watched I must... your movie the other day, by the way. Oh really? That. Yeah, what? the Ice Guardians one. What did you think? I really enjoyed it. It was really oh, interesting. Good. Yeah. Oh, good, good, good. Yeah. No, I well, yeah. I almost felt like watching it again the other day. No, I had a really good time in um, episode thirty actually musicals because yes. I really, I really enjoyed watching that terrible Elvis film. Yeah. And I really enjoyed superheroes because I loved my Bollywood superhero movie. Oh, As you it did, wasn't very good, you? but it just, oh, I just had such awesome dance sequences. I found the war episode was a bit of a struggle. Yeah, although you know? I think you like the, 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 our, our, oh, I, our family oh, yeah, film I, more than I did. I, yeah, I enjoyed the combo much more than you did, but yeah, you see, I still found it a bit of a struggle. So yeah. looking oh, looking back, for me, mm. yeah, the musicals, the, the same, uh, no, Spike Island, you see, that was a bit of a downer for oh, me. That, yeah, oh, that wasn't musicals, that. though, was it? Was that Coming of Age or something? Yeah, that's Coming of Age, yeah. if I'm here. Yeah. Um, and then uh, Zombies, Devil's Playground, ugh. The Saint yeah. was pretty bad. But oh, you had the same. I oh, that did. sounded awful. It was the awful. <laughs> but on the plus side, yes, the documentaries episode, and especially the Barclay Marathons, which I reckon I've watched about four times now. Really? I really, really like still. Um, that's probably one of my favourites. It's up there with my top, easily my top three movies, if not my favourite movie that I've watched for this pod. Um, and then Saved, which was a surprisingly oh, yeah, good thing, which I really that, enjoyed. And then to the age. Ninja, my first proper, you know, fully oh, yeah. fledged Zed. Oh, and I had a Z as well in in, in episode thirty six. Oh, Team which Rich. I still really want to watch, actually. Oh, you've got to watch it. It's ah. so awesome. It is. Oh, I, yeah. I'd I'd like to watch it again. We should watch it together. Oh, maybe. No. Enough. And now on to the next ten episodes. And yes. what are we doing this time? So we, this time round, it was. Um, I think it was your choice to pick an apple out of the barrel, and you picked <laughs> out an apple covered in circuit boards science fiction and the source. <laughs> <laughs> or science fiction source. Yeah, I, I, I was very broad. I just said science fiction, and then and then afterwards we we 
pushed it around a bit and we decided that sort of something involving Science alien invasion. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Some kind of alien invasion was the way we want to go. So, sort of, yeah. Yeah, so it's science fiction with an alien in it. Yes, I mean, not very broad at all. <laughs> Anyway, so I'm going to start talking about mine if you're ready, dude. I would absolutely love to hear about yours. I've got no idea. Oh, I do remember vaguely what you watched, actually, I think. Yeah, I think it's all going to come flooding back. Yes. Yeah, we pushed these around a bit. Anyway, I watched Zone Troopers. Oh, yeah. Which is just a title I just immediately felt attracted to, Mm -hmm. I must admit. And the big thing that got me and made me want to watch it uh, was the fact that it stars Tim Thomason who's a you know beloved actor, certainly in sort of culty B-movie land, and he was the absolute funniest bit about Cherry 2000 that we watched for one of the parts. Do you remember his... He was like the cult leader. His performance yes. was absolutely spectacularly awful. Yeah, it was just completely demented. Anyway, OK, Zone Troopers. It's from 1985, yeah. and uh, it is science fiction, even though it's set during World War II. And okay. it's um, it's an American. It's basically a patrol of American soldiers, a platoon or whatever. I, I, I don't really know what it is. But um, long story short, they they find an alien um, in Italy, and it's uh, so. And that, that's it in a nutshell. Um, so I'll, I'll just get you through a bit of the plot. But that's that's the the genre mashup we right. have with this one. Um, so the opening starts with um, you see this guy. He's a kind of wide-eyed Brooklyn kind of private, kind of like this sort of young dude amongst the soldiers. Right. And he's into science fiction, like pulp story papers and stuff. Mm-hmm. And and you meet him and you meet the, some of the members of his platoon and there's kind of like a really tough sergeant who's in charge of them all, Yeah, played by Tim Thompson. And then there's Art Lafleur. You know Art Lafleur? I do know Art Lafleur, yeah. Yeah, he, pl- he plays Mittens, who's a bit more of a grizzled <laughs> older, So when was this movie soldier. made? 1985. Well, I think it was made 84, but it came out 85, straight straight to video stuff. Anyway, um, and so you meet this 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 group of soldiers, and then quite soon, the majority of them get slaughtered by Germans. (laughs) And left terrible thing to laugh about. But (laughs) quite soon, they get slaughtered. (laughs) They get massively slaughtered, and Tim Thomason, the tough sarge, survives. Then it's him, him, Joey Mittens, and this other guy who's a reporter. Stop saying Mittens. (laughs) <laughs> I love it. I think it's so cool. He's called Mittens, and the other guy's called Dolan. I think, and he's a he's a reporter that's been sent to, to sort of join the platoon and just write a story about them. Anyway, very soon they actually get split into two. So Mittens and Dolan <laughs> go off because they go to hunt a deer or something. Fine. And then and then Sarge and Joey get sort of separated. And long story short, they come across a crash a crashed. Um, alien spacecraft. I'd rather a crass alien spacecraft. <laughs> <laughs> it's terribly gauche. So that's it. So famous journo guy and and Mittens are pa- captured by the Germans and then the Sarge, Tim Thomason yeah. and Joey are inside the spacecraft and long story short they sort of come together again as a four. They start sort of seeing this weird creature that seems to be stalking them and then Oh, 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 I think that's enough plot, to be honest, of Zone oh, Troopers. Oh, God, yeah, you've, just, you've, you've only just introduced the alien. I'm on tenderhooks. <laughs> oh, well, all right, I'll or give you a bit more. <laughs> well, all right, well, it's just I don't want to give away too much because basically they end up meeting the alien and realising that it is an alien because at first, you know, Tim Thomason says, hey, this can't be an alien, but Joey's going, hey, no, it's creatures from outer space, I'm sure of it. It's all that kind of stuff. 
and they sort of meet the alien who saves their bacon on a couple of occasions. Mm. The two guys that had been captured by the Germans managed to escape the Germans. And so the four of them managed to sort of like, they, they hold up with the alien. And there's various scenes where they try to find out what the alien's doing there and how is it. Long story short, the alien helps them out versus the Germans. And, uh, awesome. And, that, and that's, that's as far as I want to go, dude. Um, so uh, to tell you a bit more about the background of the film, it's definitely got sort of, cult um b-movie pedigree yes in that it was it was made i mean obviously because it's called zone troopers but it's called it was made by empire international uh-huh. which was formed in um by charles band oh. um who formed the production company and it was the same production company that made like trances the dungeon master yeah. dolls yeah, charles from Band's beyond is, is, reanimator yeah. and all that lot yeah. yeah 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 and his um he didn't actually direct this one the bloke who directed it uh, did do other stuff, but not much. But this was the year after they'd made um, Trances, which also had Tim Thomason in it. Did you ever see Trances? I've seen it, also- yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But, you know, many years ago, but yes. Yeah, also had Art Lafleur. Anyway, and so, in short, this is not like the best cult film ever. I'm not going to claim that, but it's, <laughs> it's, it's genuinely fun. I've watched it twice. And really enjoyed it both times. Basically, the second time, I was just sort of trying to familiarise myself with what I'd seen before, if you knew, if you know what I mean. Yeah. And suddenly, suddenly it was the end, and I'd watched the whole thing <laughs> because it's just got it's just so ludicrous. The alien itself makes a really stupid noise. It's so obviously someone in a suit. There's a bit towards the end. Do you see you the, the, the that thing of like of not showing the alien? Or is the alien just like <laughs> hello? Here I am all the time. <laughs> no, think, kind of thing. Well, for a start, you first see it sort of like from alien vision, which is just sort of red. So it sees red all the time through a sort of red mist. Oh, kind of like a crap version of the looks, predator. Yeah, and it looks, the actual alien looks a little bit like one of the sort of friendlier gribblies from Star Wars, as in maybe a little bit like those ones that play the instruments in Moss Eisley. Or okay, something yeah, crossed yeah, yeah. with, what's the one that shoots Han Solo? Or no, no, Greedo. tries to shoot Han Solo. Yeah, it looks a bit like Greedo as well, definitely. Mixture of those two. Um, and just basically, it's got, a te- you know, Joey, the bloke who plays Joey yeah. is called Timothy Van Patten, and he is pretty bloody awful, frankly. But he's still sort of, he's, there's still something quite sweet about him. And I looked him up and he's he, he didn't, went into directing and he's like recently done a Black Mirror episode and a couple of Games of Thrones and stuff. So it's nice that, I oh, know he's still doing it. The music, yeah. actually, the soundtrack is quite good because it uses a lot of Glenn Miller and like, and so so it almost feels like quite quality, oh, cool. if you know what I mean. And then there's a kind of, um, a very obvious Imperial March, you know, Star Wars knockoff theme yeah, for, yeah. The, for the things. And it's, um, and that's by um, Charles Band's brother. So the, the the soundtrack actually just does give it a certain, actually helps it. Because, you know, someone when you're in cult, cult land, the soundtrack is so rubbish. It yes. kind of like really detracts from the film. Ooh. But it sort, of, yeah, it sort of makes it good. But I think the, the best thing about this, though, is just that there's a couple of scenes once they've got to know the alien where it's just the four of them and the alien. And it's just, they just... You could just tell that the person who wrote the script was just decided to have fun with it. Like they were trying to figure out what the alien eats. And there's this okay, this basically dude is my my best line, worst line. Mm-hmm. And this is my this is a best line. And it's Joey, that's the wide-eyed Brooklyn guy. And it just sort of it got the you've had an away scene and it cuts back and the alien's just sitting there, not doing anything with a with an open tin of food. You can't see what the food is under his nose. Right. And he's just and he's just not eating it, and you see it that Joey's holding the tin and he just goes No dice on the lima beans. <laughs> it sounds like a terrible sitcom setup. <laughs> no, it was just 
It's just sad. Uh, and oh, and this other fantastic bit is when the two guys are captured at one point. Um, basically, because the Germans have realised that there's this crashed spaceship, they obviously yeah. want to get hold of like you know the weapons and stuff. So bloody mine Führer turns up. Hitler turns <laughs> up, and and one of the characters decks him. That is awesome. All films are better for Hitler punching scenes. <laughs> so the combination of Hitler being punched and no dice on the lima beans uh, make this a very, very solid B for me. Oh, wow. Okay, yeah. cool. <laughs> hey, you With a lot of tongue-in-cheek, like if you know what I mean. It's a tongue-in-cheek yeah. B. So it, yeah, it absolutely knows what it's doing, though, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah, 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 yeah. So one of the things, great. Did, did, were they sort of, was it was anything about this sort of cash in of the time, or do you think it's just made to be like, here's a bit of trash, let's have some fun kind of thing? I think it was trash. I think they just thought, oh, let's make a Second World War film and put some aliens in it. Yeah. And I don't know if they're doing it, but almost because there are these other secondary aliens that turn up that almost reminded me of um, Plan 9 from Outer Space, as in they Ooh. were just, they didn't have a sort of Greedo-like suit on. They had more like, um, they're just sort of tall and got sort of bad face paint on i don't know it was really amusingly bad but yeah a lot of fun tim thomason awesome this joey bad guys joey guy sorry not bad guy is kind of amusingly bad just good fun watch it awesome uh okay i mean there's not a lot i can say really i i will that sounds great <laughs> i do say it's a b but with tongue it's a b oh. A ZDB, if you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah, no, I'm, no, I'm totally down with that. That sounds great. Zone um, Troopers. <laughs> running time? Oh, it's about an hour and a half. Yeah, so it's just, it's easily, like, easily scoffable. Yeah, definitely. Nice. nice. Yeah. Yeah. All right, well, there is a definite, um, what do you call it, DNA sharing between yours and mine on that front. So mine is from 1981. It is uh, directed by a guy called Bruce D. Clark, who made this is the last movie he made as a director oh, um, really? but that's probably the least important thing about it so it's called galaxy of terror now some of you may have heard it some of you may have seen it it's a bit of another cult festival classic kind of thing um but what it i mean the first thing you need to know about it is it's a roger corman movie oh is it oh okay so right. we know so we're in corman territory we're in um uh it's the one before millennium that he that he made it's um the studio's name i can't remember um knobs um i tried to remember the studio so i didn't write it down shitbag well man don't try and trust your memory i know i'm an idiot ah new world pictures so it's, yeah it's a roger corman oh right new world joint as it were yeah yeah yeah, yeah. but that's not even the most exciting thing about it if you mm. like crappiness. What? I'll, I'll, I'll go come to the plot in a minute, but first I'm just going to run through the cast because the cast just knocks my face off. So, <laughs> for a start, you've got Grace Zabriskie um, from a, a stalwart of David Lynch. She, oh, of um, course, yeah. Is in uh, Twin Peaks loads. She's just, you know, she's, she's, a, she's a big old Lynchian stalwart. Brilliant. You've got Sid Haig. Who um, was in you know um, a million sort of the, of the modern horror things like House of a Thousand Corpses and a bunch of Rob Zombie stuff? Um, you've got Robert Englund. You've got Erin Moran, Joni from Happy Days. Oh, you've got oh, Ray, yeah, yeah, yeah. You've got Ray Walton, um, Mr. Han from Fast Times at Ridgemont High. 
Wow. You've got... This is really bizarre, I find. You've got Zalman King. Now, do you know Zalman King? Zalman King? Yeah. No, I don't, I don't know that I do. No. I didn't know he acted. Zalman King wrote Nine and a Half Weeks, wrote Wild Orchid, wrote Half Moon Junction, directed Wild really? Orchid, directed Half Moon Junction. He was like the softcore king of the late 80s, early 90s, did a bunch of <laughs> Red Shoe Diaries. But he's in it. I was like, what? Zalman King was an actor? Weird. And the strangest thing that I found... When I was flicking through the credits, the thing that makes this the most awesome movie ever, <laughs> before I actually get to reviewing the movie, is that the set designer, or the production designer, was yeah. a young guy called James Cameron. Really? And it was on that movie that he formed a firm friendship with a set painter called Bill Paxton. Wow. And this is where the Cameron-Paxton partnership formed. And then after that, he like, Corman gave him his big break. He finally got Terminator after that. And then he brought Bill Paxton on, his mate, as like a little extras role in Terminator. And it all sort of snowballed from there, kind of thing. Is, is that because he didn't need it? Was that sort of around the time he did Piranha 2? Didn't he yeah, well, that, that, was, that, was his first cor- that was his first Corman movie. That was his oh, first was movie it? that okay. Corman basically said, oh, you've production designed a bunch of my stuff. Here's a yeah. movie to direct. I know you've been badgering me for it. And then he got, got Terminator after that and then brought Bill Paxton along. So this is the movie that brought together James Cameron and Bill Paxton, a team Dude, responsible for awesome. some of the best lines in cinema history together. And also <laughs> so cool. my least favourite line in cinema history, but apart from that. What's your least favourite line in cinema history? It's that history? awful bit in Titanic where he's like, I've been looking What's for Titanic the whole time, but I never really <laughs> got it until now. <laughs> Which I really hate. Um... I don't really mind it, but I know what you mean. No, but that's interesting. Dude, I've been saying for a while, we've already got best line, worst line. You know, that's an established thing. I think we also need to have sort of, uh, you know, fact... Super um, trivia. Super trivia wars. Factimation. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Um, Where we try and come up with something Sometimes there isn't one, I guess. But that one bowled me over. That was like, oh, I don't care how bad this movie is. James Cameron and Bill Paxton. That's awesome. Yeah, it was quite exciting. Yeah. Um, so basically, what happens is um, there is a scene at the beginning where someone is being sort of stalked through. He's been running around a spaceship looking scared, um, it being a galaxy of terror. And mm. then he sort of gets killed in a slightly grisly way by some tentacles. And then it cuts to this weird mystic bit with an old lady and a man with a glowing head. Just sort of, you know, you know the sort of like I loved you, but you know the sort of like the the the, yeah. the, the rubbish mythic spoutings in June kind of thing. Yeah, that's I sort of what the they're world. doing. And then he sends off, he's the master, and he sends off a spaceship on a rescue mission, piloted by Grace Zabriskie, who has issues because she's she was part of this other mission that all went south, and right. uh, Robert England's on it, and Sid Hagen and Aaron Moran, and Aaron Moran is is psi sensitive. Um, so they use her to, to check out the, the planet. And they sort of crash into the planet they're supposed to be going to to rescue the the um, the crew of the other spaceship. Right. Um, so they crash and they sort of land, and a landing party goes out, and at which point um, you can definitely see the James Cameron he touches. Like, it looks very much... But you can also see that James Cameron watched Alien because a lot of the production design is so, so post-Alien. But you can see where its DNA goes to, like, the bleak side of Terminator and Aliens and stuff like that. Um, But he definitely, yeah, was obviously a bit of a Ridley Scott fan. And also the noises. The noises are full of, like... All the kind of stuff Nostromo makes. (laughs) That's a very good impression, dude. Thanks. I'm very proud of my Nostromo impressions. Um, (laughs) Actually, the most awesome thing is the computer screens, though. So you've got all that stuff. And Mm. then whereas, like, Ridley Scott stuck to very, like, green, 
you know, writing on the mm. screen and made it look. He even managed to make the computers look very utilitarian, like they're, you know, it's like it was a yeah. commercial ship. The computers here just have these really <coughs> bizarrely like large and happy fonts. It's not quite <laughs> Comic Sans, but it's kind of close. And so I was like, whoa, warning, way. Um, sorry, it's all sort of like red on blue, red on white, woo. Um, so that's quite weird. Um, and there's, there's some terrible, terrible, terrible sort of like Blake 70 special effects kind of thing going on. Right. But they um, essentially get down to the planet. The, the party goes out to look for the spaceship. They find a they find the spaceship and dead people. Um and then, uh, you know, the psi-sensitive Erin Moran sort of goes, I can't find anything here. There's no people or feelings or thing. And then they find a massive pyramid and they um, go sort of trek around the pyramid and various people get killed in various ways. I mean, there's some, there are some good deaths, some good tent- tentacly deaths. Um, and eventually the sort of like the smashy death monster reveals itself and just looks so true. It's like, it's like <laughs> a sort of... It's like someone has... St- duck old pig's blood onto a hairy triangle and then put a couple of goggly eyes from a craft shop on it it's really really unscary um, that sounds fantastic yeah and that sort of that sort of goes after them and then it gets all I, I won't spoil the ending because you know i'll try and be as spoiler free as possible there's a sort of slight twisty ending where you find out what's at the root of the galaxy of terror um mm. but they all basically they all get killed apart from one of them um, but I won't tell you who that is or, and why. Right. I reckon I know. I reckon it's Robert England. No, no, he he dies. He dies. Yeah. Um, he's got quite a minor role, but I like him in it still. Um, mm. And uh, yeah, I mean, most things look like they're shot on a soundstage. Nothing about it looks particularly really? like. Yeah, a lot of it's very. So they, they keep doing these like um, bottom-up shots, just looking up at the people. And <laughs> just really looks like the ceiling of the soundstage. Like just the whole thing just looks <laughs> a bit naff. Um, oh yeah, there's the obligatory. Um, there's one character who's one of the female characters on the on the spaceship. Everyone else is looking kind of relatively rugged and stuff, where she just looks very blonde and uh, uh, pneumatic. And sure enough, everyone else gets killed with the tentacles, like sort of like ripping them apart or whatever. She gets killed by being stripped naked. Oh, right. Covered in some sort of slime and writhing. And basically, there's like an extended two minutes worth of like, here's here's the one we, we got to be attractive and naked. And they just sort mm. of just, it's lots of her being nude shots for no real reason. Like, she starts out fully clothed to the point of like not wearing a dress. She's wearing like a, a jacket, a shirt, some trousers. And it's still, the alien decides that she's she actually has to have her clothes taken off. Um, mm. Which is all a bit, you know, depressingly predictable. Um I mean, what is interesting I found about it as well actually it's interesting like, I'm pretty sure I've read a few Sam Raimi books and no one's mentioned it but I'm pretty sure that he this might have shaped him a little bit in when he was making Evil Dead why well, is in the there's, tree just, there's a few things no there's, there's just there are just a few things yeah some of the ways some of the tentacle stuff happens some of the ways the shots mm. happen like his, his Sam Ramakam thing and there's a whole mm. point when, when Robert England has a fight with himself very much in a sort of Evil Dead 3 <laughs> kind of way yeah um and uh, yeah, it's terrible. I mean, it's really, really bad. Uh, it's look, it's a C plus because it's oh. so. No, it's not. Is it? Is it a C? Maybe it's just a C. I, I mean, I, I don't. I, the thing is, I don't regret that I watched it. At no, what well, I was going to say. So it. that sounds like an interesting film to watch. But it's I rubbish. mean, I'm, it's, I, I want mean, it to is watch rubbish. It. Hmm. It's, it's very might. common. And like a lot of mm-hmm. just a lot of this is like 
One of those Corman films, you go, oh, yeah, woo, Roger Corman. Then you go, oh, no, but they are just actually all a bit crap. <laughs> yeah, yeah no, well, I quite like some of the early Poe ones. Cause, yeah. But, yeah, but, yeah. But, so no, I, know, I, know, I know exactly what you mean. But the point oh, is, there is, I still think that killed... sounds oh, they... interesting, if only for the James Cameron and connection yeah. kind of thing, I feel. See, another Sam Raimi thing, there's a dude who gets attacked by his amputated arm as well. <laughs> really? Yes. <laughs> Yeah, well, it does sound like you might have watched it. One yeah. thing that I that I will never understand about science fiction films from this this period is why they want to use like old Norse names for everyone. Like everyone's called like Balon, Ilvar, <laughs> Koz, Kuhod. Like, why can't it just be called Barry or, or Smith or something or Mittens? A nice warm name like Mittens. Mittens. Um, but it's uh, yeah. I I guess my my best line, worst line. It is a terrible line. Is um, Sid Haig as Kuhod, and he basically he can only kill things with throwing stars made of crystals. Right. And everyone just sort of looks at him and goes, oh, oh, oh okay. <laughs> Do you not just want a weapon because your crystals are broken? <laughs> There's no one offer him some lima beans. No, 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 bizarrely <laughs> enough. I mean, you might have taken them. I think we've had really good best side, worst sides this week yeah, so far. I think sure. the combination of the lima beans and dying by the crystals is really good. Uh, so oh, well, yeah, I mean, that's, that's interesting. Yeah. It's a C. I, I think a C plus is probably a bit ambitious, but I, I, I definitely say you should see it to add to the canon. If like if you you know if you want to see some cult sci-fi terribleness, watch it. But don't expect to want to watch it again. Well, it's just, that's. I mean, what I was going to just quickly say is that it sounds to me like you're, you. It was more like a D experience from you. But are you saying that it's a C because you think it is a film that people should see because it's yes. interesting? Right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, well, I, that's and, sort look, of it wasn't where as, as awful truth. as it is. It was like. I, and it's also short. It's mercifully short. It's like an hour and thirty-five or something. It just it just oh. happens at you, and you go, "Oh, great! Tick that one off the list. I've done that. <laughs> seen it. I've seen the crystal line. Ha 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 ha." Um, and and uh, sorry, it's going to be a C for introducing um, James Cameron to Bill Paxton, and yeah. for having loads of other great actors that I love in it. There yeah. you go. Stamp Fantastic. rubber variety of. <laughs> well done, dude. Very so good. As is traditional. There is the movie that we both watched now. Yes. Yeah. And I for that, one, you watch one, and, and then, then there's one, one we, we both, both watch. This one we decided to go completely different from the other two. Yeah, we have had two '80s bits of cult land, and now we've gone for one that came out this year. Hmm. Um, I think it was actually sh- scheduled to come out last year, as in 2017. Oh, I, it, I, I read somewhere it was supposed to have like cinema release, and then they changed their mind and blah blah blah. And now it's come out on Netflix, but. Anyway, it's a 2018 film, and it's called... Extinction. And this one is definitely science fiction, and definitely alien-y, invasy, invasion-y, invasion. I can't say the word. Invasion. (laughs) Thank you. Alien invasion, Jonna. Thanks. Um, Yeah, and it stars Michael Peña. Peña, yeah. Yeah, who I like very much. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a, well, I wouldn't say I am a fan of his actually, but I thought, yeah. Oh, I, 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 I generally, he's a, he's a draw for me. I think End of Watch is fantastic. I've still not seen End of oh, Watch. Really, I really started good. watching it, and why did I stop watch, watching it, Ben? Because you couldn't get to the end of the watch? No, because it started making me feel sick. 
Oh, because, because of the shaky cam. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I got really nauseous and had to turn it off because <laughs> I'm a big wuss. You've um, got Michael Pena, you've got Lizzie Kaplan, who yes. I like in Cloverfield. Yes, that's, I kind of know her from Cloverfield and she's in Mean Girls as well, I think. I've never seen Mean Girls, but I do. Oh, like, haven't you? Yeah. No. Oh, she's got, yeah, I like her in Cloverfield as yeah. well. But, um, um, and I don't know, I couldn't quite work out who he played, but there's someone in it called Lex Shrapnel, which is the best <laughs> name in the world. Oh, God, I didn't notice that. But it turns out that Lex Shrapnel is actually Deborah Kerr's grandson. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, I never. Well, Nothing interesting with a factomation from this. Yeah, that is, that is yeah. interesting. Um, so, like I say, it's 2018, and it's... Um, it's ba- so basically, um, Michael. What's the name of the guy? Michael Pena. Yeah. So Michael Pena is he's like a working engineer kind of guy. Yeah. Like he a... works hard. He's a family man, and he's married to um, Lizzie Kaplan. Uh, thank you. And um, they have two kids. Yeah. And and it's it's you can tell it's sort of set in the future, but it doesn't seem too futuristic. But it's definitely you know it looks like a hundred years hence or something. Every now and yeah, then you see like it has a it has a whiff of sort of dystopian future about it. Like it's a bit like yeah. um, it's a bit Gattacery. Yes, a oh, tiny bit Gattacery. But I know the imagery you're talking yes. about. Yeah, definitely. And and but the thing is that like quite early on, this guy's having sort of visions, having nightmares yes. of. Uh, a seeming invasion of his family being injured or killed and explosions, lights in the sky yeah. that seem to be... Anyway, it's it's keeping him awake and um, and yes. keeping his wife awake and and she's sort of getting stressed out about it. Then quite early on, we find out about his kids, don't we? So he's got two kids, one's sort of under 10, one's looks more like sort of sort of young teenagery. Yeah, I was, and... was going to sort of say 12 and 8-ish, that sort of vibe. Oh, OK. I would have thought. And um, basically, he's not spending enough time at home, so they want him to spend more time at home. Then one of his visions not happens... Not just going where... out on the lash. I think he's working no, and also being... he's just working hard. And, yeah. And his visions are, are doing his head in. Yeah. So he's there's going to be family time... When he has a particularly bad vision, yes. which knocks him out at work, and he wakes up and he's missed family time, then you see some. He seems to sort of see actual. He, he, we see the worst of the visions where we see actual sort of explosions coming down and killing a whole load of people around him and stuff. Yeah. Anyway, long story short, then there's a party, isn't there? They have and then this an party invasion at their house. actually does start. Yeah. And then the invasion does start. Yeah, he's constantly sort of saying, and people are going, oh, stop. Oh, no, before yeah. then, actually, some, someone tells him to go and get some counselling for it. And when he, when oh, he, yes. When he goes yes. to get the counselling, another mm. guy there is just going to him, they're just going to, they're just, you know, the visions, I'm having the same visions, they're going to mess you up, they're going to take them mm. away from you kind of thing, and I, I'm going to have it done because I, I want to get the vision of the visions, but they'll take the visions away. And it starts to feel a bit Body Snatchers-esque, potentially. Yeah, 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 yeah. Definitely. Um, That's exactly what I thought when I, was, when I watched yeah. that bit. And yeah, and his wife's pleased that he's gone to see a shrink because she thinks, you know, there's something wrong with him. But then it turns out he... Didn't, because he backs he out. D- he, he backs out. Yeah. Anyway, but then the invasion starts and then it's all about basically getting to safety, which seems survival. to involve getting to some tunnels. Yes, because yeah. like, so, he says the factory that he works at will be safe. He just knows this from his visions. Um, yeah. And also, very early on, and they have the sort of your standard Jeopardy, you know, uh, spaceships mm. flying. They, they live in a big tower block in a big urban conurbation. Um, <laughs> and from very early on, the spaceships come down and they sort of um, they start shooting bits out of the buildings. And the alien forces come in and start mm. to sort of sweep the tower blocks, killing everyone. And yeah, so they, they're just killing people just completely randomly, machine yeah. gunning them. Oh, but they, uh, very early on, they have a confrontation with one of these aliens and mm. batter it and leave it for 
dead, essentially. Um, mm. Nick its gun, bugger off, and then the alien gets up a little bit later, has a tracking device and can track its gun and starts very sort of Terminator-esque-like to follow them yeah. on their journey to reach the factory. I think that's enough plot. I do. I'm very tempted to sort of go... Should we discuss something spoilerific at the mm. end after we've done all our bits and say, look, mm. if you want, if you've seen this and you want or haven't seen it and don't want the, want the spoiler, because mm. I think a lot of my reaction to this movie has to do with the stuff that we can't talk about. Mm. I know what you mean. I, I mean. For me, it's sort of simpler because I found this film quite boring, <laughs> 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 and I found I. I just found it boring more more or less throughout. Mm. I just wasn't particularly interested. The thing is, though, is one of those classic examples where, <laughs> you know, like, you know, the whole, we're called We Watch Anything. Yeah. And I genuinely think that watching really badly made zone troopers or whatever is much easier than watching average Oh, I agree. Drops. This is uh, yeah, as, as as a sort of like I think we can both sort of stick. I think there is more. I need to, we need to talk about it more, but mm. I will stick my you know um, something in the sand and say that yeah, I think for a lot of it, the, the first the first forty minutes or so, mm. I was just getting through it. Yeah, and to be honest, a lot of it I was just getting through it because it is very plodding TV movie. It's pacing. Rather the pacing is really formulaic and, and ploddy, yeah. and there are some things which I think we could talk about mm. where there are some enormously stupid inconsistencies mm. um, and some stupid choices they made when they were making this movie. And it, it's got nothing to do... And, and Michael Peña isn't very likeable in it. Well, I think... Uh, he, I mean, his voice, is his performance, with respect to the whole plot, is good. I like him. He's perfectly good. I think all the actors do a perfectly good job, but yes. his voice, his his delivery in this film, his character is so well, it's his character. sort of lacking saying... in energy. Yeah, there's, yeah, this bit, there's this bit sort of near the beginning when he says, I'm sorry, in a way that, like, frankly, if someone said sorry to me like that, I'd punch him in the face. He just sounds like a wet blanket, kind of just goes, oh, yeah. I'm sorry. So you like know, that. <laughs> no one says sorry like that. He's like an awesome comedic beating heart to Ant-Man. Yeah, I love him in Ant Man. I think he's a, he's the great yeah, comic yeah, aside yeah, yeah. to that. Yeah, he's um, great in Ant Man. I agree. I'd forgotten that was him. Yeah, all that sort of awesomeness and personality is totally stripped out of him for this. Yeah, yeah. and maybe that is there is that's a character choice, but mm. at the same time, I just um, thought for me it didn't have. So like I haven't got a best line, worst line for this. No, neither do I. Because the oh, because I, I thought that because the script was fine. The script was good. You know, if I'd written this script, I'd be really proud of myself. You know, there's nothing wrong with it as such. But for some reason, it just doesn't do it for me. I wasn't interested. Do you I know don't... this script was on the blacklist? It was on yes. the, the, the famous but, blacklist. But and... so many blacklist movies end up being relatively disappointing. Mm. But I have. But this is one of those things where I think you can absolutely... And I, I, I don't use the word, I guess... Um, Likely, but so I, blame is the wrong word. But I think you can lay the responsibility at the feet of the director for this because mm. the pacing of it is particularly ploddy. I mean, mm. and I think there was a. I mean, the scriptwriter there's a certain amount of cheese in the final act. Yeah, 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 yeah. There is a certain amount of massive cheese, but I don't think it's been directed with anything other than a sort of workmanlike pair of hands. And I thought that the shots 
the, the, the sort of... Um, yeah, I know, I know what you're saying. I feel like the individual shots were all sort of constructed perfectly well. I think it was more about the editing or the pacing, if you see what I mean. Yeah. I think. I don't, I'm, I, you know, I'm sorry, I'm just, <laughs> sorry, you can tell by the way I'm saying this that I'm rather proud of this, but <laughs> I wrote in my notes and I found this in my notes when I was, because we actually watched this quite a while ago, people, because we, we had to cancel this one quite a few times. Mm. But in my notes I wrote, this film is like a wham bar. Looks kind of exciting, but it's quite hard to get through. Hey, for our American <laughs> listeners, a wham bar is an incredibly yeah, really chewy, chewy sweet. It's pink that had sort of popping candy inside. But yeah. after about halfway through, you're kind of like, does this thing ever end? It starts, and it starts really hurting your jaw. And yeah. that film was like, because this is only, a, it's a short film, it's only an hour and a half, but by Jove, it felt longer than that yeah. for me. See, for me, the problem was, there is a, there's a moment where... I became more interested in it. And I think there is mm. a kernel of an interesting idea here. But mm. the point building up to that moment, I'd lost so much interest. Yeah, I know. But when you mean. it came, I went, eh, okay. Yeah. I'll give oh, you that's... that. But what should have happened is, because there, leading up to that point, you had to make a few leaps. And there's a point mm. where I was going, oh, this is just stupid. And the thing where you go, oh, this is just stupid, they do, that does, that does resolve. But, a film that I'd had more love for at the beginning and was more willing to mm. go with, I'd have ridden over that this is just stupid moment. Go, all right, there must be a reason. There must be, oh, yeah, there's a reason. Oh, nice. But actually it was just, this is just stupid. This is boring. This is mm. just stupid. Oh, interesting. Mm. Oh, it's over now. <laughs> <laughs> the yeah. only thing that uh, you know, resonated for me as well is because I think I thought the daughters had a roughly similar age gap to mine as well. For, but... Mm. And they were in peril a lot, which is, you know, you get a bit protective. But they also... Oh, yeah. And I wasn't unmoved by that aspect of it. Don't get me wrong. But for whatever reason, I still basically found it boring. Yeah. You know, I just... And, and I just... Yeah, I found it... And so, did you notice, by the way, that Lizzie, Lizzie Kaplan from Cloverfield got injured in a way very like Cloverfield? So she kind of... Yes. Like, in both films, she specialises in being injured in dark tunnels. <laughs> yes, it's entirely true. She's very good at being injured in dark tunnels. <laughs> Yeah, um, I like the kids. By the way, I thought the actors. A, yeah, yeah I, and, child I, and actors I thought it was great. a bit of a shame that all the director ever asked them to do was cuddle and shake each other. Just <laughs> <laughs> all they did was cry and cuddle each other for the whole movie. The, and I the thought other the things when they didn't, they were quite good. But the other thing about the movie though is that like, basically because he had been saying, "I've been having these visions," been having these visions, and yes. his wife basically sort of saying, "I don't believe that these visions mean anything." I don't believe this. <laughs> basically, the film played out as a kind of giant "I told you so." You know, with him being <laughs> massively right. You see, you see, I that would have been a much better right. movie if every time something happened, he just turned to her and went, "Ah, see." Which one of those like, hmm. Who was right? <laughs> They're shooting us. Yes, but who was right? <laughs> Remember that vision I had? The one that you got so annoyed about? Well, yeah. look how it saved us this time. Yeah. yeah. It's but, a D plus. Yeah. I'm around there. I think I like... You know, I can't even bother to talk about the end. No. Um, I don't think we should, because it has got a... you know. I think we've alluded to the bits I needed to allude to in the way that I didn't have to allude to it and say what it is. <laughs> um, and that bit, there's a, there a clever conceit. Yeah. But that's where that's I'll leave it. D plus for the clever conceit. Otherwise, it would have just been D for a bit of a yawn fest. I think it's perfectly well made. I kind of respect all the work that's gone into it, but for me, it's a D. Yeah. All right. Yeah, just well, didn't work. listeners of all 
genders, yes. varieties and sizes. Now um, it's time to choose what we're going to discuss in episode 41. Yes, well, I decided um, <laughs> that I quite fancied boats. So a list. You, you, put, you put the name Maritime on that, which I thought was a good idea. So we're going to call it Maritime Movies. I'm not even sure that's a genre, but I'm going to find us three Maritime Movies that are not ones that I've already watched before involving Nicolas Cage. And we will watch those and then report back to you, dear listeners. And, and I'd just like to say, listener Paul specifically requested Weepies. I'm and we've decided to ignore it. that request. Yes, and apologies, go with maritime. Um, but next dude, time, do you want to do, do, do weepies? I was thinking, though, you could maybe try and find one that's a sort of maritime weepy. If I can find a maritime weepy, I will. I think it's unlikely. <laughs> what do you mean? There's we'll loads of weeping in maritime <laughs> films. You know, The Cruel Sea, that's quite a weepy in its yeah, way. You've already seen it. Yeah, all right, we'll find another. Fine, Lordy, Lordy. fine. We'll see what we can do. <laughs> so, until next time, mm-hmm. take care of yourselves, but also, you know, get in touch. Hit yeah. us up on Twitter, at We Watch Anything. Facebook, watchanything.com slash Facebook. And uh, that, you know, Instagram. Oh, don't give them the, Look at, don't give them the email address. I'm not going to the email address. You can work it out yourselves. Go back and listen to all the episodes. <laughs> um, also, keep your ears peeled and your um, fingers fingers are flying to try and find another podcast that we both recently featured on called Film and Fortunes. It's a podcast where two film podcasts go head-to-head in a film trivia um, extravaganza. And our specialised subject was... John Hughes movies. Yay. We were ace. Um, But download that. That's episode three. Each one of the episodes is great. Have a listen to them. Um... And that's that's something that's going to be ongoing for the rest of the year, I believe. Anyway, until next time from us, listen to Filmy Fortunes, give us a review, comment, send us a tweet, anything you want to do. Watch um, Jono's movie, probably don't bother watching. Well, watch mine, sort of, and don't bother watching. Definitely watch yours. Yeah, Yeah, just don't bother with Extinction. And then also watch the Barkley Marathons. And we will see you, well, we won't see you at all, You'll hear us. Oh my god! Next dude. time, <laughs> you plug in your headphones and download the thing. Oh my god, dude! This is worse than normal. I'm editing <laughs> it normally. You did. <laughs> See you next time, people. Bye. Yeah, we'll be back in a couple of weeks. Bye. Yeah, like hell we will. No dice in the lima beans.